0: Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. Um, on this episode, I spoke with my brother, Chris Chase. Um, Chris Chase runs The Noise Floor, which is a recording studio in Dover, New Hampshire, and he is currently um, working on uh, a compilation called Pass the Hat Volume 1, which is um, it's going to be 50 tracks, 50 artists in the greater seacoast area uh, recording artists um to raise money for artists who are out of work right now and that was sort of the impetus of this conversation but we just talked about what is going on in the world with uh coronavirus people being out of work and lot of different stuff i've actually been trying to get chris on here for a couple years but he's one of the few people i know who is busier than i am and we hadn't been able to nail down a time so um you know at the tail end we talked about the fact that uh we're hoping next time it's under better circumstances but uh i definitely wanted to talk about this project because i know it's something that he's put a lot of his time and emotional energy into already um but yeah Hope you enjoy this conversation with my brother, Chris Chase. Well, it's that's I mean, that's so much of how this podcast goes, especially if it's like people that I have a relationship with will will, will just like talk talk, and then it's just like it gets into it well it's funny because when I first started I didn't even tell people I'm recording I would just start and then um, you know uh, and definitely not trying to do like an I I got you type of thing but um, I did have that happen last year where some woman like was like very candid about something not realizing it was and then I was just like huh and she's like when we start recording I'm like I started recording 10 minutes ago and she's like huh can we can we pause for a second I was like sure and then she's like um I didn't really even though I had said hey I'm starting now um but and you know there's a couple people that we both know that I've talked to before recording asking if there was anything they didn't want to talk about and you know we had that conversation beforehand but it's generally just like where the fucking conversation goes but anyway um so you said you was that the first time you'd used zoom was for that
1: um no the first time was facilitating a zoom session with Leland's class okay uh last week last Thursday or something like that um yeah and I you know knew nothing about it and yeah. classic chase form was like cool 12 minutes before this thing's supposed to happen I'm gonna Click on it. Oh, man, it's more involved than that. I got to right. do an app and, you know, right. whatever. And, uh yeah, so, but that was fine. And then, you know, this guy the other day, he called me at, like, 7.50 in the morning and was like, hey, can we do this interview? And I was like, uh, sure. You right. know, I'm, like, in bed with Leland, yeah. you know, like, when this is happening, I'm like,
0: I'm sorry, who are you? Where are you from again? It was funny because when I show because today I work today's my not closing shift. I worked 10 to five and two of my coworkers, are like I saw your brother on the news last night. And I was like, Oh cool. Yeah. And then, and then like 10 minutes later, the link popped up. Uh, Cause I had like, I knew about it. Mom had told me about it, but I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And, uh, um, and then throughout the day, a couple, couple friends in mass have been like, so your brother that I saw on the news, I'm like, yep. Yep. So, um, uh it's pretty cool because it's been what like just over 24 hours that it's been live
1: yeah i mean um i technically launched yesterday uh the 15th but tuesday night um you know the so you know i had done a couple interviews with fosters and of course with heralds to online whatever right and they told me you know hey it'll it'll come out digitally before it comes out in print, which, you know, I get it. But they also told me, like, hey, you know, we're, like, running on empty. It's There's not a lot of actual stories, so this is a feel-good story, so we're going to, like, run it sort of whatever. So I actually didn't anticipate it coming out Tuesday night. I figured it would come out, like, Wednesday night right. or Wednesday afternoon, which is fine. I was already planning on launching Wednesday anyway. So, I mean, I was, like, cooking dinner, hanging out with Leland, doing some shit, and then you know my phone blew up a couple times and i saw like three people had shared this story right so i you know it was like seven or eight at night or something and i was like well whatever i guess i might as well drop the link for my thing
0: right
1: um because i actually made the link for the gofundme like a week before um just because i i'd actually never set up a crowdfunding before oh really yeah so i figured like i could set it up and then have like a time like hey i'd like this to start on whatever right and it was like, you know, final click, like, oh, your shit's live. You're right. going. So I felt kind of foolish because, uh, you know, it's a quote-unquote 30-day mm-hmm. campaign. But I was like, okay, by the time this thing launches, this, this you know, funding thing is going to be eight days old. Right. Um, but, yeah, so uh, I technically launched the 15th. However, Tuesday night, you know, from 8 o'clock on, social media started putting that article around. So I was like, whatever. If people are going to circulate the article, then... Yeah. I should drop the link. So uh, we ended up um, raising like $450 that first night without kind of official launch. And then, um, you know, I woke up Wednesday morning and, uh, you know, had the plan of like, I'm going to drop this thing at noon, you know, so every day I'm going to put out one of Dempsey's photos at noon. Um, and i depending on how it goes, I may end up, you know, recirculating that photo at six just to sort of stay current in everybody's feed throughout the day. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's technically been a day and a half, but you know, it's two days, yeah, I guess, because it was you know 48 hours ago when the article came out online,
0: right? Where I'm obviously both of us know what we're talking about, but someone listening, uh, uh we're talking about the Pass the Hat Volume One, yeah, uh, digital compilation that year. Are you? What is your official title? Are you executive producer? Are you? I mean, um,
1: organizer or curator. Right. I mean, it's a it's an interesting thing because um, I had been sort of trying to figure out what the idea was in my head for a week or two. You know, I had an idea, I was I was fearing that I was gonna be pent up, you know, with with Leland as, right. as, you know, teacher dad, you know, for the next for the for the rest of the year. I mean to be quite honest with you, I had some insider information from the Department of Education. Um, a good client of mine runs a charter school, so uh the information he was given day one was the whole year's gone. Yeah. And we're going to roll out this information to the public sort of thing. So he was very candid with me about, you know, sure, plan for two to four to six weeks of remote, but really plan for, like, whatever you're going to do. So I was sort of thinking I'm going to have all this time and what am I going to do And instead of being dormant. So I originally had the idea of thinking it would be 20 or 25 artists doing at-home quarantines. Right. Uh, and therefore I would mix and you know masters so i was thinking people are gonna have one or two tracks you know one vocal one mic maybe a bass maybe drum you know pretty simple as far as sessions right you know go um but it ended up just being such a mix of people wanted to donate songs and i said no to enough people right until i was like that's stupid why don't i just take a whole bunch of songs for free because then it's a larger collection and i'm still only supporting the Sure. smaller amount of people. right? Um, so it just morphed really quickly. Uh, so I, I wouldn't even call myself producer because, I mean, for example, uh, you know, I won't name a name, but one of the, the singers that had originally gotten involved, they needed some financial help. I sort of talked them through what the concept was, the timeline. I mean, you know, this launch on the 15th. It'll close on May 15th. I'm going to disseminate the record. On either the fifteenth or sixteenth of May, and then we'll disseminate funds as quickly as the platform allows me to. Afterwards, sure. Right. So I'm hoping I can get everybody paid, you know, on the fifteenth or sixteenth. So this one person, you know, who needed the money, and um, I was very happy to include them. It, it then became evident they were like, "Hey, I'm going to need you to actually produce. Like, I'm going to need to do a scratch track." and then send it to you and then have you tweak stuff and send it back to me so I can then perform to the better tracks or whatever. Right. And I had to be like, you know, under different circumstances, I'd love to do that. Right. But I'm not doing that for anybody else. So time management, creative management, right. I can't. So, I mean, I'm more just organizer, curator. Um, yeah. Some of these tracks are already done. yeah. And I am the producer of them. You know, a bunch of the... There's like 24 unreleased songs, 16 of which, 15 or 16 of which are songs that I did that are on records that haven't come out yet. Several others are from folks' records that they did at other studios that haven't come out yet. A couple of them, people of home studios that they did, you know, pretty nice professional recordings uh, that, again, they were going to self-release before all this. So uh, I'm only really, like, treating probably 20 tunes where meaning like am I getting raw tracks from somebody and I'm going to now mix it so it sounds clean or professional or big or whatever. I am however, going to, um, master all of them so that it sounds as cohesive as possible. I'll create unique files that'll have all the metadata of who it is, what the song is, what it's from. Um, because part of this is, you know, this is other people's intellectual property, and you know, we we don't have any sort of label relationship, there's no contract. Right. Um, the people that donated were comfortable, you know, handshake, proverbial handshake deal with me, just go, Hey, use my art, use my intellectual property to go raise some money for some other people. <clears throat> and then the other people that were just recording at home are like, Sure, hey, whatever. I'm just doing this kind of under, right you know, quarantine, so whatever. So, uh, Yeah, so I mean, I'll I'll end up mastering the whole fifty track compilation, so it sounds as cohesive as possible for what it is. Because you know, I mean, some of these are like a year and a half long studio productions that are you know pretty robust sounding, right? And then some of them are iPhone recordings. So I mean, it's clearly you know one person, one mic or an iPhone is not going to sound the same as like an actual studio production, but. It's also not the point, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I think that it'll be interesting to organize that jigsaw puzzle in a way that... Because I'm trying to decide, like, do I actually fucking order this thing? Right. Or do I just... Are they all... Is it just 50 unique files? 50
0: tracks and yeah. you, put, you, you, you hit the listener, shuffle. Yeah. Right.
1: As the listener, you know, do you decide that 20 speak to you and it just goes in your iTunes or your playlist? Do you throw the whole thing, you know, on a playlist? You know, I, I don't... I don't know what the end users and these donors or contributors are going to do with this music. My hope is that uh, people are going to, you know, it's 50 people, it's 50 artists. So, I mean, I didn't know all the artists right. prior to this. I've discovered 12, Told people in the area that I didn't, I knew nothing about it. I've never seen them live, never worked with them, never met them. Uh, so I'm hoping anybody that listens is going to be in the same boat where, hey, you know, I contributed because my friend had a song on it and I like their stuff. Right. Now there's 49 unknown things that they're going to experience. So hopefully, you know, my goal is not only to make the money, raise the, the five grand for the campaign, but if everyone that contributes finds one person that they like musically that they then either follow or share or buy something, Right. you know, the ripple will continue past right. just the fundraiser, I guess. Sure,
0: you know? sure. Yeah, I mean, and I... I mean, I remember... You know, when I was in high school and stuff, the uh, you know the old play hard compilations, uh, which was you know obviously CDs and the way we get music now are completely different. But that was sort of like a oh, there's a there's a larger scene here, and there really ha- it's int- you know it's been interesting because my entire life listening to music has been in and around the seacoast, and there's always been. There's always been music being made here, but there, I'm always finding out that there's like, like there's so much, there's so many artists in this area that you just don't have a place to play, so you're not necessarily aware that there is such a breadth of uh, musical talent out there. Totally, it's funny that you mentioned the play hardship because uh,
1: when Leland and I were bike riding around the ghost town that is currently Dover yesterday, uh, I was thinking a lot about that and uh, a lot about the fact that you know we listen to music differently now we ingest music differently um, as a culture as a nation Um, I think that you and I are not unique like fucking unicorns but like unique within the masses where we listen to records and I think that a lot of the people that we're friends with you know, a lot of people I'm friends with and I know a lot of folks you're friends with they also are music listeners in that regard. Right. You know, you're not listening to the radio. You're not just, hey, I like so-and-so's playlist, whatever. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. Uh, you know, there are times where I'm with friends and they're listening to a playlist. and I'm like, oh, shit, who's this? I never would have heard this if yeah. I hadn't whatever. But I remember growing up listening to CDs and having the play hard be ones where it's like, oh, shit, like that. This is you know within a thirty mile radius of us, and right. these people are doing this thing, and it's weird because uh, w- you know obviously this is fifty songs, so it would be impossible to put on CD, you know at least economically. Um, however, the offer is on the table. There are three people that have offered to finance actually printing this as a CD. So their sort of caveat is, hey, if you reach your funding goal. And you can contribute to these people and hand the money, see about the next step of being like, hey, do we print out CDs? Sure. And do we slap them in every bakery and coffee house when things open back up? Sure. And and keep the profit. Keep it going. Keep it going. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other thought process is, you know, do I do a volume two? If I do a volume two, does it become a little more curated where it's like, okay, volume two is strictly quarantined or volume two is strictly studio productions that don't have a home, don't have a place to go now. Right. And in which case, the idea, I was thinking about the PlayHard shit, where I was like, okay, you know, I got 12 clients that have records that are ready to drop and, and prior to all this, and, you know, I like all of them. Some of them I like for different reasons than others, uh, but I like all of them where it's like, okay, are they all going to sit in limbo? All of those bands might not want to spend the money to print three, 500, 1,000, whatever discs now. Right. Do I put a compilation out that's just one song off of each of those and do a physical? So, I mean, I've been thinking about the play hard shit because it meant something to me growing up. You know, both of us worked at Best Buy. I mean, how right. many fucking, now that's what I call music CDs to right, do, stack. Right. And, and as stupid and cheesy as they were, um, they worked for a reason because it offered more than just... That one song off that one artist. It's that one song off all these artists, and I have the opportunity to experience other artists. So right. it bring it it anchors on the single, if you will. Even though sometimes they were B and C and D list singles, sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's like I don't ever want to see physical medium go away. Um, I'm attached to physical medium. I think that the people that I know that are true music absorbers, yeah. and appreciators, like physical. Um maybe I'm a dinosaur but I I mean I always if a band that I'm working with is gonna do more than 10 or 12 gigs a year I'm like yeah man why not why wouldn't you have physical right you know Uh so I'm thinking about you know what it, do, do I do a volume 2 uh and include physical do I end up doing a volume 1 physical where maybe one of them is you know the studio productions and the other one is the quarantine one sure I don't know but I mean the, the idea of you know, other people are, you know, people are rallying behind this idea uh, of this compilation fundraiser. So, uh, you know, folks have offered to help fund the physical, but to me, I don't want to just print up 300 or 500 CDs because we're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Somebody, somebody's into it enough that they want to print it. And then, you know, we sell 50 of them because, you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm toying with the idea of what comes next. To be honest, I'm trying to you know, my main concern is raising the money for this particular campaign. Sure. Uh how how far in advance does this actually come out? Uh this will probably come out next week. Okay. Um yeah, so I mean, you know, it's two days into the campaign. We've got three grand out of five grand, which I think is uh fantastic. Right. I'm also fearful that like, oh man, have we already tapped all of the local pool? Sure. And is it gonna be a 28 day crawl to get to that yeah. five grand
0: mark. Although I did, I, this afternoon, I just scrolled through, you know, the, the names of some of the people. And it's, it it's interesting because there were definitely a couple people who are from the Seacoast music community originally who live very far away from now that still contributed to it. So, um, uh, My my buddy Rob, who uh, lives in Atlanta, has been in Atlanta for I don't know ten years or so at least. But he was uh, he was the last uh, guitar player for Choosy Moms, and you know when they did the reunion shows for the Elvis from last year, he was the one who played with them too. But uh, yeah, he contributed to it, and there's some other people from. The area originally who have moved to places beyond that, uh, you know. So I, I definitely think there's, there's, I'm sure there's more people in the area. But oh yeah, I mean,
1: I, I, I as well have have sort of, you know, perused the list. I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm, uh, I took on this thing. You know, burden's not the right word, but I feel like you know, if it's not successful, it's going to fall on me. Sure, uh, you know, I, I was the you know, I had the impetus for this. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been checking the last 48 hours, you know, like every hour, like, where are we at? Where are we at? So I'm seeing donors semi real time come in. And some of those people are like, high school connections of mine that don't live anywhere near the seacoast anymore. Yeah. Some of them are musical people that don't live anywhere near the seacoast anymore, where I'm like, Oh, man, that's cool. I, I didn't, I originally figured like, Hey, if we can get enough attention in this 25 mile radius i bet we can raise sure you know in my mind i was like okay it's five grand we need 200 people that are willing to spend 25 dollars, and that's not completely out of the realm of attainability probability right you know and i knew somebody's gonna donate 100 or 200 you know some random person that just hey i got money you know like i knew one or two people would do that kind of thing but yeah i mean it's been interesting to see like oh it hasn't been a huge swath of like all of the would be expected, right? And there's been a lot of people that, um, people that have both donated songs and some of the people that have needed financial support have asked for it in this have thrown in five or ten bucks, you know right, what I mean? Right. So, uh, yes, yeah, so that kind of surprised me too, you know what I mean? It's like it did, but it didn't. I mean, it's a community effort, you know, the people that donated the songs are really trying to. Keep the scene relevant within itself right. and right. make it feel supported. Uh, but then it's like you know, no, nobody knows who needs money besides me. I'm the only person that knows. Sure, you know who the 25 that donated, who that who are going to get financial assistance. So it's just been interesting to me, yeah, to see in the 48 hours. So I mean, I part of me is nervous. You know, are we going to hit the mark? The other part of me is like, man, I know that we
0: haven't even fully tapped all, all the right. CECOs. So that was because um, I've done a few GoFundMe campaigns and. It's like, it's weird. Uh, actually, I've done, I think I've done one GoFundMe and a couple Kickstarter ones. And I like GoFundMe more because I think GoFundMe is the one that you get it regardless of how much you raise. Where Kickstarter, you have to hit the entire goal. Yeah, correct. Um, but, and it's funny the way they've done it since the last time I did GoFundMe because it used to be like, okay, if you're, if someone donates $10 per se, then, uh, GoFundMe would take ninety cents from that, so the person who is you know running the campaign gets nine dollars and ten cents where now they just they they put the fee on the person donating, so like you know if someone donates ten dollars now it costs them eleven dollars to donate it but i think I think it's smart, especially when it's like a fundraising thing but that yeah that, that's changed is that is that how it is on GoFundMe, yeah, yeah interesting
1: because i'd never actually set one up all i know is the financial end of they take like 30 cents a transaction no matter how large the donation right and then like i can't remember if it's 1.9 or 2.9 i think it's 2.9 percent um which is weird because i mean like i knew you know you're gonna you know i'm raising five grand in my mind i'm like i really need to get like 55 or six in order to like clear the five grand but at the end of the day it's like you know, I mean, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to when sure. it actually comes in. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't actually, you know, I haven't donated myself. So, I haven't gone through the process. I have had a few people bitch <clears throat> that they can't do PayPal directly.
0: It's because they're competing uh, yeah. companies. Yeah, um, yeah it's, uh, uh, yeah, it was interesting because when, when you donate, because I, I donated earlier today, when you donate, the default mm-hmm. is give GoFundMe $2. And I was like, scroll down. I was like, let's set that to one instead. Because hmm. it's, you know, it doesn't affect how you, like, yeah. you know, you don't get any more of it. Because they're like, hey, we're helping out people who are trying to raise money in this trying time. Why don't you help us out a little bit? I'm like, because you're, you're a billion dollar company. I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm okay with
1: you. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean, I, um, I had th- thought about different platforms and i originally was thinking kickstarter because i wanted to offer different tiers right um you know roland you know you you obviously know roland because he's been a buddy of mine forever but um this guy roland nicole goes by the name LaFox, you know designer uh graphic designer he did the image for us uh and originally i wanted to you know hey let's offer printing of the image right let's do t-shirts whatever thinking like Okay, if only two people buy that option, great. We'll only make five bucks, but we're going to have this <laughs> right branding thing out there, whatever. But Kickstarter actually took more percentage. Yep. And if you don't Hit reach the goal, goal uh, and they all, they offer you one chain, like you can flex the goal once without sort of screwing yourself or whatever. But right. um, you know, and I kind of was you know, I had the idea of like you know five grand. Sounds like a lot to some people, sounds like not a lot to other people. But I just was like, okay, it's easy math. If there's 25 people, if I can hand each of them $200. Like it's not a lot. Sure. But $200 for either a song that you'd already paid for in a studio production or something you did at home in quarantine. I think everyone that needs that financial assistance is like, yeah, man, if I get that $200, that's going to be well Appreciate it,
0: sure, know?
1: sure. Uh, so, which is funny, you know, think about it. It's like five grand is a lot, but it's, you know, it's not going a lot of ways. So, uh, I'm, I'm already thinking, how do I do, if I do a number two, do I actually do a platform that takes some of the money? Or do I invest in infrastructure on my own website that's like, it's a pre-sale right. campaign on that? Right. So, I can actually sell product directly because again like people have offered to to help with the cd stuff um which you know again i'd love to do because um, it could be some cool cross pollinating you know one of the folks is this company crooked cove <clears throat> which is a cd duplicator um they've been in portland they've been in Elliott, they've been in portsmouth they've been around for like 30 plus years right. and they've printed. A shit ton of records that I've done, not because I've handed them, just because they're like they're the local game, the local, yeah. Yeah. So uh, this guy Charlie Gaylord, who who runs it, he reached out and I was like, hey man, you know, this is fifty fucking songs. Like I'm not printing a triple disc so that twelve people can buy mm-hmm. it. You know, so I was trying to figure out: do I put it on a platform that I can offer these different things? You know, whatever. Which at this point, it's like trying to get a litmus test of all right, well, 10 people have already actively said, I want a print or I want a CD. Does does that mean it's
0: economical to actually do that versus... But you could also do like a... If you hit the initial goal and you want to keep it going, you could always do like pre-sell instead of like a Kickstarter thing, which is different, you know, like it's what Nine Inch Nails has done for the last decade with all their records. Like you can buy them commercially once they're out, but they're like, hey, we're doing a pre-sale. You know, here's the the um, 180 gram vinyl. Here's the regular vinyl. Here's CD. Is a deluxe CD with a bonus DVD that won't be in retail. You know, but I mean, obviously, you're not going to do all that stuff. But you could be like, hey, you know, we're we're going to offer a T-shirt or uh, a CD. You know, a triple CD, and like obviously, if like three people buy the CD, you know, you could even put it as like our goal. You know, we need to, to have 50 pre-sold in order for us to pull the trigger yeah i mean the
1: the nice thing about you know crooked cove reaching out is you know that they are an actual dupe facility where they will do short runs of under 100 physically in-house you know in elliot uh and then if it's a run larger than that they utilize larger manufacturing plants anyway they just they end up being the broker essentially so if it ended up being short run Having their sort of offer is the best because it's like okay, if I need thirty six, I'm not going to actually pay through the nose for them, you know. Right. But again, I mean, it's like if we reach the goal, then sure, there's some there's some success. There is success there, uh, but it's also like okay, uh, you know, admittedly, uh, it's a lot of work for me, which you know, I'm I'm happy to do it rather than being idle during this time. Also, you know, I mean, I have other things that I could, would be, should be doing, but, you know, I, I was happy to embark on this. However, you know, if we reach the goal, you know, let's say we just make five grand and I have to absorb a few hundred dollars out of pocket cost and it took all this time. And if the world is still in the position it's in, in a uh, month, you know, I might not have the actual resources to do volume two sure. myself or whatever. So it'll be interesting to see what the next... 28 days are because currently there's you know i mean we're two-thirds of the way through the goal there's already plenty of people that have offered resources for the next phase or whatever so uh, i'm hoping that it's successful and i'm hoping i do a volume two and i'm hoping it's cd and i'm hoping it becomes this thing like the play hard thing where like i had it in my mind i launched on the 15th it's tax day obviously this year they've deferred you know uh filing for a few months for everybody but it's tax day so i think that if this is successful i'd love to every year pick a theme pick a cause whatever you know do we do musicians again do we do a pool for musicians again do we do a nonprofit? profit do we do a, a school for you know whatever like I, my idea was if i can be successful one let's do another one annually and we'll just pick another cause kind of thing but sure. i think that if this is successful i might do volume two or three specifically for covid relief right but if all of those can be successful uh then i would love for it to be like sort of the play hard idea of like okay well shit do we just put out two three six cds a year of right best of compilations whatever and even if that means we only do digital and not physical but you know do we curate you know compilations i mean no sure. you know nobody aside from like 207 Radio in, in Maine, which is, um, you know, this guy, Charlie from Crooked Cove. he's associated with them anyway. They'll do a compilation once a year of, like, Best of Portland type yeah. shit. Um, but, like, nobody in this scene is doing I mean, you know, we, come on. You know, like, I don't need to tell you. I mean, I know about this scene because you were older than me right. growing up. But, I mean, like, we don't have the same amount of clubs. We don't have the same amount of attention span from audience members. Right. Right. Uh, but i also feel like that's changing i hope that some of this quarantine pandemic shit changes that for the better so that people are more apt to seek out unique art or experiences you know
0: i I mean just from my own personal experience you know recently um the show that i did at um uh the brick house six weeks ago but it feels like it might have been six might as well have been six months ago now but like I had a huge turnout and it was, you know, and that wasn't music per se. There was some music, but it was just, you know, it was mostly spoken word and comedy, but there was a ton of people. I mean, we had like 80 people at the Brick House, which I was, I would have been happy. I would have counted as a success if like 18 people had shown up, but there was a lot of people that I didn't know that were just like, oh yeah, this sounded interesting. And there's not a lot of interesting stuff happening around here. So we wanted to check it out and, you know, they were, very excited to have us come back and you know obviously i don't know what's going to happen in a month or now but i think you know they're closed right what brick house yeah like permanently yeah Uh, i didn't know that sale huh i mean i knew that there was that was in the works yeah um yeah i mean he he
1: had um chris had had tried to broker or foster a couple deals you know, with, with people that you and I both know yeah. in, you know, the latter part of uh, 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody that sort of knew Chris, or, or knows Chris, rather, uh, knew that he was kind of putting feelers out there for somebody to take it over. You know, he runs Ember next door. Right, and, right. Um, and I think that that, you know, I don't think that the music aspect upstairs has been as successful in the last few years as it always had been. Sure. Which is a shame, because, I mean, you know, I'd love to have a access to a room of that size. Yeah, know.
0: it's a good room. Yeah, um, I mean the the feedback that I hear from all, anyone who plays there is the stage is a little too high for that size room. But yeah. you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, indeed. I mean, I you know, I played on it years and years ago. You right. know, just uh, fucking crazy to think that eighteen years ago I was <laughs> playing in bands on that stage. You right. Know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not the most ideal sounding room. From a performer standpoint, um, like all the brick and the high hollow stage and stuff. But I mean, like, it's a cool room. It's a cool vibe. You know, like, I, you know, to me, it's a shame that, like, okay, well, that's gone. So, uh, you know, you've got Furies, which I love. But it's also, like, the opposite direction. It's informal. You know, like, there's usually not a cover. There's, you know, barely semblance of a stage in the sound right. system. It's, like music's always just there versus like, oh, you're paying to go to a thing right or whatever, right. which I think Furious has more success in that regard because it's
0: more accessible yeah. to everybody, I guess. And there's, and then, you know, you have, um, 3S in the press room where they, I don't think 3S is going to make it. I don't think so either. Um, which is also unfortunate because I mean,
1: that's, you know, they're the biggest game in Portsmouth. Yeah. Size wise. Size wise. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I I feel pretty confident uh, from what I know and have heard uh, about Press Room that even if this thing stretches on for, you know, let's call it six months, that they can weather that storm and then open back up with sort of not what you had planned because it's not like you're going to open up and be like, oh, cool, whatever was booked here is now happening because, you know, at this point, like, fucking everybody's calendar is off. Like, it's I was talking to this buddy of mine, client, student, Billy Cottage, uh, he lives in Dover. He was the the trombone dude in Real Big Fish for like twelve years, and then um, left. oh dude, I'm stoned. I can't remember who is. Uh, oh, I can't remember who it is. I just want to say the Specials. It's not the Specials, but it's fuck. the Meters. No, sorry, Billy. It's a modern thing. Um, but they were touring with Green Day. They were doing this, you know, sixty date stadium tour. And, you know, it's like. Wait, it's not Sublime with Rome, was it? No. Yeah. No. I just keep wanting to say, not Selectrix, something, something like that. Fuck. Whatever. Um, that's awful. <laughs> uh, but, you know, talking today, he's like, you know, uh, trying to get some musical stuff going, some home recording stuff going because he's, you know, off the road. And he's like, technically, our tour is on because it's all the insurance rider. As long as the insurance rider hasn't pulled out, you know, these stadiums are still quote unquote ready to host us. However, that domino is gonna fall at some point where that insurance company's like, ah yeah, no, we're not doing that. Right. You know, and then everything falls. It's just like Yeah, I mean it's who knows how long it's gonna be. I mean sure.
0: I don't know if you've been seeing stuff at all about like Ticketmaster? About the refund stuff? No. Uh- I mean, you, you, no,
1: I'm, I didn't see them. I saw brown paper bag. One.
0: Yeah, I know about that because they just they don't have the money to give the give the refunds. Um, they also owe people for performances that have members, already happened. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, well, and that's the whole that's the whole yeah because we're talking about both the dance hall and Rochester Opera House um, that because uh, Rochester that does their murder mystery every and. There's a bunch of people that haven't they, they haven't gotten paid for that and uh, they're I think I think they're based out of Seattle um, the brown paper uh, yeah. company but it's I think their're own they're they're a foreign owned company but they're like yep we're working on it but uh, we obviously we've had an influx of it and it's just like and also like
1: their income streams debt nobody's gonna purchase concert tickets through their platform for the next six to 12 months. Right. So, like, how do you fucking fix that? I mean, you get angel investors or a bailout of some kind from a parent company or whatever? I I, I don't
0: know. It just surprises me that companies like that, not that they don't have it, but, like, it's not required that they have insurance for something like this. I mean... uh, But, I mean, nothing like this has ever happened. Yeah, but also, I mean, it's not that
1: they're an agent per se, but, like, that doesn't surprise me at all because... You know, when I first started fucking around with music, I thought I would be an agent and a and a talent buyer, you know, when I was 20, 21, 22. Uh, and, you know, sometimes, you know, yeah, the transaction of you're giving me X, but I don't actually have to pay any of it back till a certain point. What do I do with that money? Do I use it for something? Do I leverage it? Do I, you know, like, mm. I think companies like that do that often where they're assuming these gears are always going to be in motion, so... If I'm drawing down on, you know, this pool of funds, it doesn't matter because it's always replenished until, you know, yeah, again, who, who could foresee something like this? But, sure. I mean, so much of that shit's unregulated, you know what I mean? Like, it, but there's so many things in what we do that are unregulated. You know, food vendors, there's no regulation there. So you as a, you could take advantage of the system as long as that food vendor is willing to give you stuff and you're not paying, you know what I mean? Like, it yep. goes, it it goes both ways. I mean that's kind of a weird example, but
0: No, I've worked at enough restaurants that have like the owners have taken advantage of that and like get stuff because you're not paying for it right yeah. away and then like And
1: then it's like, oh you owe us sixteen grand. Well I'll give you eight, but I'm gonna need another ten grand of fruit. You know, it's like Yeah. yeah. I mean so I, I wasn't surprised. I, I
0: hadn't heard the Ticketmaster one, to be honest. Well they ch- they did it really sneaky, they changed their policy on the website in that they're only offering refunds now if the show is cancelled, where it used to be if it's postponed you can get either you know you can get refund or you can you know, get one of the new tickets or whatnot and they're like and you know, because they're leaving it up to the artist to announce if the show is cancelled or not but there's also financial repercussion for the artist for cancelling the show exactly, yeah um, yeah uh, But it's – and basically, like, right now, they're just saying uh, they're (laughs) – the only option for shows that are postponed is that you can resell the ticket on Ticketmasters. And they're like, well, I'm like, no one's going to buy them. Um, It'll be interesting to see not only
1: if and when – I mean, everything has been so mismanaged on both local, state, and federal level – Who's going to say all of a sudden, yep, okay, we're back in business? Right. You know, like let's say fucking Trump takes, you know, stage tomorrow and says, yeah, we're back in business. Does that mean these insurance riders are going, oh, hell yeah, let's put back on, you know, $10 billion with the shows this summer? My guess
0: is probably not. Right. Because um, even if they say go ahead, I think people are going to be real hesitant to go out to shows. That's what I mean. So, like, the repercussions are like
1: you don't just flip flick a switch and it goes back on. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of people have been throwing around, you know, PTSD. I'm not sure if it is that because this is, yeah, I'm not qualified to, you know, exactly diagnose what all of us are going through. And I think it's different when literally all of us are going through it versus a certain sect of us that are going through it. Uh, Yeah, but I I have a feeling that people are going to be reluctant to go back out, especially in droves. I think that when people start going back out, they're going to want to flood their favorite small places. And unfortunately, I think some of those favorite small places are going to be evaporated. Right. And therefore, it's furthering the, like, I'm only comfortable going to, let's say, the Brick House. And now, all of a sudden, the Brick House is closed. So am I even comfortable going to 3S because they're larger and it's going to be 400 people there versus 120 or whatever? Uh, You know, I, I think there's going to be a lot of that. And so I think that things like theater and music are going to, as soon as the light switch comes back on, doesn't mean that that industry is just geared back up for right. full production, you yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but my my sense is that that's probably likely to unfold, you know?
0: Yeah. I was, you know, we were talking, I think it was before we were recording about, I was walking on Hampton Beach last night and, you know, went by the casino and they had still that sign that goes off year-round announcing the shows and I'm like... I think the earliest shows they were had dates for were in may but i was like i don't think those shows are happening like even stuff popping up in august because it's you know they, they get national acts they're you know probably b and c list artists but they do you know like people like michael Franti and spearhead play there every year and that they're playing in august theoretically i was just yeah. like are they though
1: yeah i mean it's it's interesting because like i was uh Maybe I was just in denial, or maybe I live in my own vacuum, because when this started unfolding, I was like, meh. You know, even when my, you know, client, who I, you know, trust wholeheartedly, was like, "Yo, you got to prepare for the whole school year being lost. I was like, meh. Do I, though? You know, like, how much of this is reactionary? How much of this is fact? Whatever. And then, you know, of course, I believed him as things started unfolding that way. I'm like, okay, you know, this is valid. And now... It has even surpassed sort of what I was like the pill I was prepared to swallow, you know, six weeks ago, or whatever. It's like okay, cool. So now it's not just that. It's going to be. We're in, are we truly going to be in this fucking limbo for right. that amount of time? And maybe so. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> part of me is like, I'm going to build a fucking sixty person venue in that studio as quick as I can, and if that means that I'm ready to do shows in June, July, or August, All right. even if it's like technically not a lot, you know, yeah, I don't even know, like, what what's the actual legality going to be at that point? I mean, yeah. people are fucking, you see the shit in Michigan, people are now trying to rally in New York and here, like, trying to, you know, get our states to come back online, like, there are protests scheduled and occurring, where it's like, people are trying to tell the state to literally lift these restrictions Everyone right. go back to work. And it's like, is that going to happen? Or are we going to stay like this for 60 more days? Right. You know, I mean, I don't know. I I'm, I mean, I guess I'm prepared for staying like this for 60 more days because just, I have zero control over this. Right. I'm also not going to go show up somewhere and just honk my horn to tell legislature to turn us back on, you know what I mean? Like, right. I mean,
0: Which, yeah, because I'm just like, well, that's... Not- do anything, anyways. I keep, I know what you're talking about because I've s- seen a bunch of people sharing stuff on social media about that, and they're like, We're doing it again. And in a couple of days, I was like, I mean, and I'm all for people trying to take action in whatever way they see fit, but it that doesn't make sense for me,
1: yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not poo pooing the idea of you want change, I don't necessarily agree with the change of like, you know, hey, let's turn back on the state. Whatever that means. I mean, you know, Trump's talking about that now, too. Like, let's just, you know, turn the economy back on whatever and people are going to die, whatever. And I mean, yeah, we're, you know, entering further into the what is going on rabbit hole of everything, which, uh, you know, I'm certainly no expert. I have. Uh, My opinions on what's going on and uh, they differ from day to day. Right. You know, is it better that we maintain a living, equitable economy for all of society and some people are going to die? Or do we try to truly preserve life as best we can and the resources we have and really try to stave this thing off, you know? I, right. I wax and wane between what I think is most beneficial but right. You know, I also have a vested interest in the world turning back on and, you know, it affects my business, so Sure. Uh, but also the flip side of that is, you know, could I imagine being like, "Oh yeah, no, things are back to normal. I'm all booked in June." And, "Oh shit, mom's dead" because, you know, right. You know what I mean? Like it's I'm sure those are things that most people are thinking about. It. <laughs> sure. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you, you know, I I I had a conversation with uh, with Dan about a week before his birthday. Uh, Blakey? yeah, yeah, that was, that one hasn't gone up yet either. But uh, just talking about you know the uncertainty and you know, I mean, you and I both know Dan fairly well and one of the most optimistic people I know. So he's, you know, uh, at least putting on a. a the, the best face that he can, but, you know, he's just like, yeah, I don't really know what's what's happening beyond today. And I think for the first time in my life that I can remember almost every adult that I know, someone, you know, everyone who's ever known way more than me about our same boat. And they're just like, I don't know what's happening. So,
1: yeah. I mean, we're all in that position. I mean, I think the the reality is um you know this is going to lift at some point meaning we're not going to be quarantined right and it's going to be up to all of us as individuals to make our decisions comfort-wise what what we want to do the lives we want to lead how do we progress past this and i think that the mosaic of all of us individuals trying to do what we want is going to end up being what the society wants to do I for one want more human contact you know than even before and I'm I'm you know I own a fucking goddamn studio I'm I'm in that building all the time I don't see sunlight I don't see right. hours and seasons change you know I mean that's you know dramatic uh, you know over exaggeration but you know it's like I live in a cave I've, I've been an audio engineer for 15 years I live in a cave I stare at a computer I tweak audio files, like, night and day, eh, doesn't, doesn't always matter to me. So, in some ways, I'm, I consider myself prepared or, you know, insulated in in the aspect that I'm not missing my daily commute. I'm not missing out on going to the office, you know? Like, I'm, I go to my recording studio, and I'm by myself, and there are dozens, if not hundreds of days a year that are like that anyway. Yeah. So, this is just an extended version of what, could be my normal life anyway. Now it's different. You know, my kid's there and I'm teacher dad, uh, you know, which before was, okay, I'm studio dude, eight to four, and then I'm dad, but not teacher dad, you know, from four on. So, I mean, it's, it's 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 different, but however, I'd had those thoughts even before all this of like, man, there are days where like it's just me. Right. And then it's me and my kid and I fucking love my kid and I love all that. However, again, this is before all the pandemic shit where I'd be like, man, you know, I'm really looking forward to this weekend because I got a band of six people coming in. So I'm going to, I'm going to get socialization. I'm going to get six different humans opinion on life and art in one, you know? So, I mean, I, for one think that I'm a little bit more resilient in this regard than maybe some folks, but also I think I'm going to appreciate more. Like I need to get out of my cave more once this is done and, brush yeah. shoulders with more than just my clientele and yeah. my, you know, specific circle, excuse me, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's so weird with this whole pass the hat shit where, you know, so many people I think have reached out and wanted to be involved. And you know, part of me is, uh, overwhelmed and appreciative of that. And the other part of me is like, are these people just bored? Right. Are they just on quarantine? You know, I'm having these ideas about volume two and volume three. And, you know, can, can I be the, the digital messiah locally? Can I bring back local compilations and like try to impart things that I think, you know, I'm not a preachy person, you know, that it's like I lead my life the way that my life works for me. You lead your life the way that your life works for you. Right. If, if neither of us are harming another human being or living creature, there's no fucking reason that we can have different opinions and just you know be who we are as individuals, whatever, but but also from time to time, I'm like, God damn it, if all of you people just appreciated this one thing differently, right, right. you know, it would be different and, and not out of like ego or greed because of my industry, but just like you know watching the art slip away sort of thing. So I think that something like this, I'd love to capitalize, you know if people are willing to rally around the troops is it momentary cuz we're in this particular right. thing or is it like is the mindset going to change a little and people are going to be willing to rally around more and I, right. I mean i i'm hedging my bets that hopefully people are willing to rally around more than just this
0: right and i think the
1: longer we're in this people are more willing to engage or what you know i don't know i mean it's it's cool cuz i mean like there's a lot more support than i anticipated i mean that initial post that i put up you know, three weeks ago or whatever about like, Hey, I have this idea. Do you think this is cool? It was just like evident immediately. There's people that have music. There's people that have resources that want to get involved. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like, well, yeah, okay. this is more than just me and the 10 people i talked to about it. Right. There's some actual support there. So, I mean, I'm hoping that, I can reach goal and this can be just the first of a few things. And I'd love for it to be like an annual or, you know, quarterly thing, whether it's a fundraiser or just a representation of who we are here, you know, right. I don't know. Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I mean, obviously when you first told me about it, I was excited about it and it's cool to see it. happening um but i think hopefully it'll have some some longer legs past just where we're in now like you were saying yeah
1: i mean i i don't you know uh i don't know where we're all going to be in three months or six months um i definitely know there's some more people that i could help next month and again you know i mean it's uh, if we reach goal i mean people are getting 200 bucks it's not like I'm paying your mortgage, right? you know, but I mean, if that 200 bucks is a heating bill or a car payment or groceries, groceries for a week. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, um, it's, you know, somebody who can't work, you know, I mean, I, unemployment isn't doing everything for everybody right now. And, you know, some musicians that are, you know, uh, independent contractors, freelance, you know, they either aren't eligible for the full unemployment package or it's a really anemic version right or uh whatever so i mean yeah i mean i'm hoping that you know we can reach and then try to help a few more folks or whatever you know what i mean but uh yeah i mean it's it's weird because like having you know i can't believe we didn't even talk about this before because I, I forgot that you did um like the trip crowdfunding or whatever i was like nervous you know like i was nervous about like you know, do I? What if I don't reach this goal? What right. does that mean? Right. What? What are? What's my recourse? You know. Like yeah. Do Do I just pull out of my... You know, like all the. You know, I just had never. I've never done
0: this thing. So. Yeah. 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 I did it. Um, I think I've done four. crowdfunding. because even when I was living in Arizona, I because rec- I recorded uh, or you recorded uh, one of my stand-up uh, shows at your old studio in Rollinsford, and I did a I did a crowdfunding campaign to pay for the recording for that, which was you know p- part of the cost of recording it was flying me from Arizona yeah, yeah, yeah. out here. But I was just like, well, if it doesn't work, you know, I'll figure it out on my own. But luckily, it did. You know, I right, I forgot about that. That yeah. was the first one. That was like that was year. actually the second one because the first one I had done like tried the year before and I didn't reach my goal and I was trying to figure, but. I also got more realistic with it. And I was like, I actually only need this much to do this. And yeah, and, and I did like a, Hey, if you pledge this, you'll get this or this. And um, yeah. Cause I think it was Kickstarter cause Kickstarter has the tiers. um, But yeah, it was interesting. Cause I had, it, when I did my road trip and I got all that funding, I had um, a bunch of people after I came back were like, can you give me tips on this? I'm like, no, I was flying by the seat of my pants the whole time. I was just like, you know, um, luckily there were several people who were very generous on it. Yeah. It's funny.
1: Cause I, uh, in the first day that I launched, uh, I had a lot of, you know, like backseat drivers, Monday quarterbacks, whatever, uh, that were like, yo dude, like you're doing this all wrong. Like this, you know, whatever. And I'm like, Hey, first of all, uh, we're day one. And I have, you know, 800 or or $1,000. Mm. Second of all, I have this plan. I've You know, Dempsey took all these photos. Chris Dempsey, photographer, um, he very graciously donated his time to put a face to this. So, I mean, Roland did the image of, of the, you know, the poster, the, the past, the hat, the record sort of cover, right. if you will. Uh, but then, you know, Chris has shot all these photos, quarantine photos of all these contributing artists at home. So... I'm rolling out a photo every day and I can tag that person and, and, you know, keeps it active and new and relevant and, you know, whatever. And it's like, uh, you know, telling this, these, everyone was like, this is what you do, this is what you do, this is what you do. And I'm like, man, I appreciate that because obviously you've had, I mean, I have been paid off of probably 30 successful, maybe 50, I don't even know, you know, in the last mm-hmm. decade, you know, people that crowdfund records, but I don't ever know anything about how they do it, what they're, sure. you know, Occasionally, I'll donate to them or whatever. But, yeah, it's just funny to me. Like, I'm totally seated in my pants and also just like, cool, I'm going to see how this thing grows. And, I mean, shit, I could reach the goal tomorrow or I could spend the next 28 days trying to shake the social media tree for every $5 donation i right. get. Right, I guess I'm prepared for that because I have 30 days of photos to put up. You know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird. And then I've also thought about, like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm doing it for the 30 days, obviously. I'm not talking about giving up, but it's like, you know, I was walking with Leland today, and I'm, like, in the woods, enjoying just life, and we're, like, chasing this river, and, you know, and I get a notification on the phone, so, of course, I'm like, oh, well, let's see how the crowdfunding's doing, whatever, and
0: am like, ah, am I going to reach
1: it? And then I'm like, well, shit, if I reach it tomorrow, do I, like, still pump out these 60 posts, sure. you know? But then I'm like, of course I do, you know, like Chris Charlie's, you know, I'm like... Yeah. Having these weird thoughts of just like, oh, this is so weird. Like, but also like the engagement, I'm used to engagement with my clients because I've got like 20 different records going at any time. I'm always texting or calling clients about musical ideas, personal stuff, whatever the heck, you know, so I have a pretty high engagement with folks, especially, you know, email and text, whatever. Uh, But I mean, this is like, you know, it's been nuts. It's like, hundreds of dms texts phone calls emails people giving me songs is this okay is this format right you know whatever like did you download it? you know like it's been a bit overwhelming but also it's been like oh man that's funny like i'm not socializing with these people but i'm engaging with these people right i mean your shit's different i mean you see what 200 300 500 people a day or something like Oh, i work
0: yeah yeah it's i mean it's probably like five or six hundred people that pass through there and in, in the it's 10 hours that we're open now. Yeah. Yeah. And plus co workers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have about 20% of our workforce is out right now on various leaves. But... Um, is that normal or is that because of all this? No, these? because of what's going on right now. Either people living with, um, you know, compromised people or there's some people that just... Yeah. Or they're, you know, have different immune autoimmune deficiencies whatever themselves or some people just don't feel comfortable coming to work and the company's been pretty good about it like basically like people in that situation or if you're self-quarantining because of a family member you're not getting paid but it doesn't affect your benefits and it's not counting against you basically Hmm. you can come back whenever you want um we've had a few few people like that and it's it's interesting because you know i was off yesterday and came in today and i have this weird anxiety that i've developed over the last few weeks which is the day after a day off because literally policy changes every day now and i've like just in a 48 hour period i'm missing stuff and like because it's been talked about for the whole day The next day, if you come in and you weren't there that day, sometimes people assume that you heard about something and then you're doing something one way and they're like, no, 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 we're not doing it that way. We're You got to do this now. I'm like, since when? They're like, oh, we started yesterday morning. I was like, cool. I wasn't here yesterday morning. So, you know, I've never dealt with change well. And, you know, unfortunately, it's changing. It's not even a daily thing now. It's every every few hours. how is we're doing like stuff. health safety protocol shit or like? Oh, uh, mostly. Yeah. I mean, we just, the newest thing is, uh, they do a, there's an employee health check in every day when we first show up. Now they, there's four questions we have to answer. And, um, if we answer no to them, to any of them, we get sent home. Now we get paid hmm. for going home, but it's, um, but I'm like, part- is it like your personal health or like, your personal yeah. health, yeah. Um, but also, like, have you spent, you know, have you been in contact with someone to have known to have been infected with this, with COVID-19 in the last 14 days, you know, um, or, you know, someone who's was diagnosed with it after you spent time with them in the last four, you know, stuff like that. So hmm. it's interesting, though, because I'm like, because it is sort of like on the honor system like for you, they're assuming you're answering honestly, but I'm just like um, across, you know, five hundred stores with a hundred, upwards a hundred or more employees at each one. I'm like, not everyone's going to be honest because there's going to be people worried about the ramifications for their job. Yeah, they so. need a
1: paycheck that day or that right. week rather. Or, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, or just fear of yeah, or not knowing. I mean, how many people answer honestly but didn't know they had content? I mean, right, right. Yeah, the weird thing about all this is obviously, like, the whole uh, 14-day thing of, like, you know, you just can never be sure. And uh, I have a really hard time with that because um, I'm sensitive to the fact that this is a huge global medical crisis. Right. However... Um, I feel like specifically in America, we have been thrust into a propaganda machine for a long time. And as soon as I heard, you know, the the phrase social distancing, I was like, man, this is like, even if it is medical, it's not like, you know, it, it, yeah, it's just weird to me because it's like, I feel like the ramifications are going to be deeper not just because of what's actually going on but because of how it was dealt with sure and and the the verbiage and the language and the culture and how that affects everybody's comfort level and their own engagement or whatever like and i'm not saying any of that to sort of like nullify the actual medical emergency crisis that we're in i just feel like uh yeah it's just weird you know like I know so many people that are pissed that their job is closed. I know so many people that are so uncomfortable that every day they have to go in and their job is still open, but they're like, I can't. Especially now that things like, you know, unemployment pools and small business loans are, like, shut off, where it's like, if you didn't get your shit in line a month ago or two weeks ago... Yeah. Likelihood is you're not going to get reimbursement. Right. You know. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, it's been interesting because, like, you know... um, the person that i've been spending a bit of my free time with lately can't work at all right now has two jobs but because neither one is considered essential she's not working and uh where i i'm working 40 hours a week and i know and i'm very thankful that i have a job i'm not complaining about that at all but i also know that first of all it is you know I'm coming in contact with the public all day long. So the chances of me potentially contracting or at least being an ace, asymptomatic carrier, just numbers game, it's far more likely that yeah. I'm than someone who's quarantined. And also, just like there are days where dealing with the public for eight hours uh, is taking its toll on me because it's, you know, you, you, I'm exhausted because you have to be vigilant. But I also know being isolated from everyone for her is taking a huge toll too. And it's not one is better than the other and one totally. you know, it's they're it's they're really difficult things for everyone.
1: Yeah, and I mean like you you're a good example where like, you know, you've worked retail for what, fucking twenty five years. Forty five years, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. So I mean, uh I know that you and I are both pretty outgoing, extroverted social people right so uh a job is a job and you got to do work but you know you're gonna chew the cud and shoot the shit and fucking play grab ass a little bit with your employees you know like your 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 coworkers. rather you know it's like there's there's some camaraderie there's some you're you're allowing yourself to access and distill some of that like human anxiety of I'm reaching out and touching and, oh, I heard this person's story today and that person's story today and it gives some sort of, you know, grounding or relevance right. to, like, my story, whatever. So, uh, you know, you're now at work and it's stripped away from you because now you're vigilant and, you know, the work is changing and, you know, the protocols are different. So now what used to be a job with a comfort level is now right. different or not. And then, you know, you've got your friend who just simply at home and isn't working and I mean I know plenty of folks that are work from home that are you know they're doing well financially in, in the sense that you know they're still getting paid their full amount to to f- uh, fulfill however much of their job requirements they can from home uh, but they're freaking out because they're like man I'm used to that water cooler talk or that little exchange or all those little things during the day where now I'm at home and isolated. And it's like, uh, again, I think I'm a little more prepared for that because of the nature of my work. Uh, you know, there's many, you know, there's two or three days a week every week that just nobody comes in. It's always me. So I'm used to that. I don't look at it like isolation at all, you know, but, uh, it's just weird because I think that everyone is currently a fish out of water and, Some fish live longer than others out of the water, you know, or, or, you know, sort of know what to do to survive type thing, you know, breathe slow, conserve, whatever, you know, it's like, it's just weird because I think about, you know, like, what is another 30 days? Because I mean, I was having this talk uh, this past weekend with some friends where I'm like, man, I'm a pretty level-headed person and I've had a few of those days where I'm like, dude there's not a fucking chance that as a nation we're going to do another 60 days of this. Like, people are going to start freaking out. Right. You know, like, freaking out. And then, the day after I'm saying that, there was, you know, this armed robbery at the Bank of Dover. Somebody robbed a fucking gas station with a hammer in Summers, you know, like, shit, where I'm like, in my head, I'm like, great, here it is. This is like, the cards are starting to fall. People are starting to lose their mind. And it's like, you know, was that person just pent up? Was that person... In dire straits financially, does that person have chemical dependencies? You know, like well, I don't know, I don't know, if you right. know but like, yeah, it's, just, it's weird because it's like there's no reprieve, sort of in sight for anybody. Sure, I mean, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with, you know, my personal business, and you right. know, like obviously that's going to have implications, to, you know. I'm like, okay, I'm okay for now, but in a month, if I'm freaking out, am I going to be one of the millions that's like, hey, sorry, landlord, I'm just not paying rent, or like, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm right. I'm having all the same thoughts most people are having, and I'm trying to take it as, you know, level-headedly as I can, like I, right. I am, but I also feel like I'm maybe a little calmer or zen than, some, than the average Joe, and right. I don't know, I, mean, I don't know what my point is here, but... Hmm. Uh, Yeah, I don't know, it's just weird. I mean, that's, you know, again, going back to the past the hatchet, it's like, you know, I started finding myself with these thoughts where I'm like, okay, if I don't actually have a thing to do, I'm going to start going crazy and get lost in these thoughts. Sure. So this is going to help fulfill, uh, you know, some of that for me, where just like, okay, every day i got to come in and I have to accomplish X of this project, otherwise I'm sort of going to be behind the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. which I think is, you know, been helpful to me, and also everyone that seems to be, everyone that is contributing seems to be willing to be like, what do you need? What do you need? I'm ready. I'm ready to change. I'll do another thing tomorrow. What do you, need? you know, like active engagement? I think some of that is that pensive energy of like we're all just trapped at home, right? So to speak, you know.
0: Yeah, it's weird times. Yeah. So if someone listening to this wants to contribute to the GoFundMe for the Pass the Hat, what's the Like, what do they need to look? Do you know the actual address? I do, yeah. So uh,
1: the easiest URL is going to be thenoisefloornh.com, which is the website for the studio. Um, And I added a uh, specific Pass the Hat page there that will give you all the information, list of contributors, give you the whole spiel about what we're doing. There's also a link to the GoFundMe. The GoFundMe is just GoFundMe... Backslash past the hat volume one. However, the volume one, because I'm a weirdo and when I set up the campaign, for some reason figured I'm building a template that I can like right. revise, it is volume I, as in Roman numeral. So it's past the hat volume one. Is it volume out. or V O O L? It's volume, it's okay. full word. Um, but if you go to GoFundMe, Pass the hat volume, it's the only thing. So even if you don't put the one in, um, but if you happen to be listening to this, you can find the noise floor dot h.com, or you can find the noise floor on Facebook. We have at this point, 275 posts in 48 hours about it. So, um, hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this and you're clicking around on the internet, you can find it. Right. But yeah, it's p- past the hat volume one, uh, yeah, you can find it on GoFundMe or directly on our website.
0: Right on. Well, I wish it was better circumstances that I finally got you on my podcast. I have been trying for like three years. But- totally. We, we had talked about doing this before
1: I officially opened the doors. Right, right. And, uh, I mean, uh, not to extend the interview too much further, but, I mean, it's funny because, like, uh, I was so batshit crazy – when i opened it three when i opened my, this new studio three years ago you know just remodeling it being behind the ball time-wise you know i had sessions booked that i had to uh, you know reschedule because it just we weren't physically ready and all right. that jazz and uh i remember you offering and i'm like dude i'm running around with, like chicken with my head cut right, off, right. you know and uh and then you know <laughs> both of us have been all over the place the last few years for sure. work and and hobby stuff you know um but yeah i'm glad i'm glad we were able to do it i mean yeah, yeah hopefully hopefully we can do it again under uh
0: slightly normalish yeah. circumstances <laughs> yeah maybe it won't take another three years but we'll see yeah we well, never know i'm not <laughs> i'm not against it taking another three years who knows right yeah right all right well thanks for chatting yeah, um, man. i'm psyched for this project yeah thanks man thanks for having me yeah absolutely